Hello, and a very good day to you. My name is Jim Harris, and this is Heritage Bible Radio. Heritage Bible Radio is an extension of Heritage Bible Church in Boise, where it's my joy to serve as the teaching pastor. Every day, we devote our radio time to studying a portion of the Word of God so you can know Him better through Jesus Christ and serve Him better through your local church. This week on Heritage Bible Radio, we are in our third week of a new study through the Gospel of Mark. Last week, we aired an introductory message entitled, Why is Mark Remarkable? But the title of today's message is, Why is John Remarkable? Well, wait a minute. I thought you said we were preaching through the book of Mark. We are. There are four Gospels in the New Testament, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Each one deals with the earthly ministry of Jesus from a little different perspective, and each author's focus is a little different. Mark starts out with the ministry of John the Baptist, the forerunner of the Messiah, as foretold in the Old Testament. You may wonder, why is he so important to the purpose of Mark's gospel? Well, find out as you listen today and each day this week to the message preached by Pastor Jim Harris entitled, Why is John Remarkable? And the wilderness is this desolate area populated only by an occasional herd of sheep or goats which feed on the extremely sparse vegetation. It is miles and miles of rolling hills of essentially nothing. Uh, Rocks, snakes, and dirt are the main features. And it's interesting, Mark mentions God could raise up from Abraham, God could raise up sons of Abraham from these rocks. Uh, He he calls the the scribes and the Pharisees who come out, you brood of snakes. Uh, Those are the only two object lessons he had out there was rocks and snakes. And it's out there that Luke 3, 2 tells us that's where the Word of God came to John. You see, Jesus doesn't come to give a nice boost to your efforts to be good. He doesn't come to do touch-up on your life. He comes to provide complete forgiveness by dying in your place. He comes to take you and me who were dead in trespasses and sins and, and, and make you alive. He comes to make you New and it's a it's a new message and it was started by John the Baptist when he just appeared in the wilderness. Like I said, Matthew uses the word to indicate the official arrival of somebody important. Mark just says he 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 appeared. And with the coming of John the Baptist, something very significant begins. This is the close of the Old Testament era. The new covenant is launched with the. Uh, death and resurrection of Christ. We're in the final days now of the, of the old covenant and something new is coming. Changes are imminent. Things are never going to be the same in Israel. Someone has now come who is the, be, the beginning of this big thing and someone else is about to come who is really going to shake things up. God is stirring. His Spirit is at work and His very special messenger has arrived. John the Baptist appeared in the wilderness, and what was he doing? Preaching. Uh, preaching is the, the word, here is the word that primarily means proclaiming or heralding. There's another word for preaching that is built upon the word good news or evangelism, uh, uh, gospelizing people or evangelizing people when we're proclaiming the good news. This is the word that, that emphasizes much the same thing, but this is the proclamation. or This is what the herald does. 
It was the custom in those times for the arrival of a dignitary to be announced in advance by a very loud spokesman. And Mark uses that word to describe the preaching of John the Baptist. And he used the same word for the preaching of Jesus and the apostles as, as well. But John came never to attract attention to himself, but he was preaching a baptism of repentance. His message had the same theme day after day with every new group that came to him. He was preaching a baptism of repentance for the forgiveness of sins. His, his sermons apparently were pretty short. And, and the transcripts of them in Matthew and Luke says, Repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. By the way, you know what Jesus' first sermon was? Repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. I wanted to make sure you understood. John was talking about me. Repent is the primary command from John in his, in his basic message. It, it, it summarizes what he was calling people to. This is the message that he preached. It's one of the most important words in the New Testament. Repent. Meta naeo. Meta means after and naeo means to think. It means to think after or to have another thought or to change your thinking. It's way more than feeling sorry about something. It's way more than regretting something. It goes beyond getting caught and getting in trouble and, and reaping consequences for your sins. The word repent means to turn around. To, to change direction, to change your mind so that it changes your will, so that it changes your behavior. Always the change from wrong to right. Always the change from sin to righteousness. Now it starts, of course, with seeing what your sin is. Sorrow for sin is the, the beginning point of repentance, but it's only the beginning. Repentance results in a change of thinking that results in a change of actions. There's a, an interesting contrast that the Apostle Paul makes in 2 Corinthians chapter 7. He'd written to them what we know as the book of 1 Corinthians. He'd confronted a bunch of issues, and then they had turned around. And John, I'm sorry, Paul writes this in 2 Corinthians 7.10. He says, For the sorrow that is according to the will of God, that's being sorry for your sin, that produces a repentance without regret, leading to salvation. But the sorrow of the world produces death. The contrast is between the sorrow that's according to the will of God and the sorrow of the world. It's the difference between regret because you got in trouble versus actually dealing with your sin before God. God is asking you today just as he did in the days of John the Baptist, to turn away from your sin. Now you and God have a pretty good idea what the issues are, right? And you're the one who holds the key to whether or not it's going to be resolved. If you were alive in the days of John the Baptist and you truly believed God, you truly wanted to follow Him, you would have gone out to John in the wilderness to be baptized in the Jordan River as you confessed your sins. Now today, living here and now, you don't have to make a pilgrimage to Israel to be baptized in the Jordan River, but you do need to deal honestly with your sins before God. Repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. He was the announcer. He was the herald. 
In ancient times, it was common for the herald to uh, precede the arrival of a king to a certain area. He would announce his coming. He would make sure that everything was prepared for his arrival so that the king who was coming would be welcomed and he would be recognized and he would be safe. Our modern version would be the arrival of the advance team that makes the preparations for a head of state or, in our world, more likely a media star to arrive. The typical herald would bring along a team of servants who would make sure that the roadway that was going to be traveled by the king was spiffed up, it was cleaned up, it was smooth, and it was uncluttered. The, the, the potholes would be filled. Obviously, we haven't had any kings in Ada County in a long time. Uh, rocks and debris would be removed and the litter would be burned and, 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 and taken away. Or, you know the scandal every, every four years when the Olympics come somewhere, whatever city it is, they hide all the homeless people just, just to keep images up. Well, that's kind of the idea here. But in this case, we're talking about a king from heaven. So the preparations don't have to do with the pavement. They are personal, spiritual preparations. Repent. Respond appropriately to what this king is going to come and do for you. Now, I'm sure we're going to talk about it more as we work our way through Mark, but uh, un- make sure you understand that when it says he was preaching a baptism of uh, repentance, um, that it is for the forgiveness of sins, um, that is uh, not that you achieve the forgiveness by getting the baptism. They're participles that go along together. He was preaching repent, and people who were confessing were being baptized. The, the baptism then is like the baptism now in that it is a, an outward symbol of what is accomplished inwardly by the Holy Spirit. No works of the law, not even the law of God, not even the baptism of John, ever secures forgiveness and salvation. The baptism was connected to confessing their sins. And as I say in that culture, only the ones who were renouncing false gods and turning to the true God were ever immersed. And John says you all need to repent and be thus baptized. Mark chapter 1 verse 5, all the country of Judea was going out to him and all the people of Jerusalem. I think those two uses of the word all there are hyperbolic, you know, he's saying everybody's coming. Well, I don't think necessarily every single soul from Jerusalem, every single soul from the whole region of Judea uh, came out to John. But the point is, he was irresistible. An amazing amount of attention being devoted to this strange guy who lives in in a desert wilderness. It says now, notice it says that they were um, going out to him. It doesn't matter where you were, you had to go out and find John because he lived nowhere. If, if, if there was a village, he wasn't there. He lived by himself. Out, Everybody had to go somewhere to get to him. He drew people from as far away as Jerusalem. Roughly uh, 20 miles, maybe, maybe a little bit more than, than 20 miles from uh, Jerusalem down to the part of the, of the Jordan River where John was baptizing. And let me, let me give you a comparison. And now, in miles, it's about twice as far from downtown Boise to Bogus Basin as it is from, say, Jericho to 
Jerusalem. If you would like this message on Compact Disc, let me know and we'll send it to you. You'll receive the entire message, not just the portion on today's program. You can order by phone at 353-4036 or by writing to us at 7071 West Emerald, Boise, Idaho, 83704 or on the internet at hbc-boise.org. Heritage Bible Radio needs your prayers and your financial support. Once again, you can reach us online at hbc-boise.org or by telephone at 353-4036 or by writing to us at 7071 West Emerald, Boise, Idaho, 83704. And if you need a church home here in the Treasure Valley, I hope you'll visit us any Sunday at 7071 West Emerald. For Heritage Bible Radio, I'm Jim Harris. See you next time. Bye-bye.